Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are. This is Harrison Smith with a supplemental cinema episode, which is kind of looking at something different, and that is we're going to be talking, look, it's real simple, coronavirus. If you're listening right now, no matter where you are in the world, you could be under lockdown, uh, quarantine, whatever is going on. The fact is, I think we can all agree on one thing. And looking at the headlines, there needs to be a call for some reasoning here. No, I am not downplaying the severity of the virus. Uh, It seems like people out there are looking for an argument that the minute that you try to cut through the subterfuge and the panic-inducing of the press, uh, people immediately want to attack you by saying you're downplaying the situation. So I decided just to take to the airwaves on a supplemental podcast just to be a voice of reason and maybe uh, a calming voice for some of you out there that might be pretty scared, don't know what to do, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, in the United States, I, I will say, and I, I don't want to politicize uh, this, this episode and, and the intent here, but I really don't think we're getting a lot of, of, of clear information from the top down, and that is from the upper levels of the government down to the basic uh, people like us. We're, we're just not getting it. We're getting a lot of generalities, and uh, that's one of the things I wanted to talk about in, in this episode is uh, the definition of what is really bad. And uh, hope you'll get something out of it, but most of all, to understand that this is uh, a situation that does have a modicum of control in your hands. Uh, we are not experiencing the zombie apocalypse And people also just need to calm down and and take it down a level. That doesn't mean ignore. It doesn't mean just pretend this isn't happening. The world is obviously disrupted from the markets all the way through down to small businesses and our own familial lives. However, it is not the end of the world or the apocalypse. I don't know what it's like for other areas of the world, but I want to look at something that seems to be, uh, at least here in the United States, a very interesting uh, concept. And that is the the concept of what is truly bad. Uh, I I really believe that as a nation, the United States has become pretty wimpy in its tolerance of things. And, And look, I didn't live through the 30s and the Great Depression and polio and World War II and all of that stuff. But we have so many conflicting things coming out of the White House and the federal government, and and we're getting these generalities. And and like I said before, what I mean by that is we're getting, um, it's going to get really bad. Well, what exactly does that mean? Because I want you to understand, Americans have a very low level of tolerance for discomfort. So is really bad the canceling of the NBA season? Is really bad that we might have to postpone a wedding or uh, our cruise or spring break. What is the definition anymore of really bad? And you see, that's where good hard facts can come in. I am a firm believer in ripping off the Band-Aid and telling people what they really need to know, even if that can be bad news. People are going to panic no matter what. If you tell them that really bad is a certain percentage mortality rate or, you know, one out of a hundred or one out of a thousand may die. There's always someone that's going to panic. But this withholding of information, classifying uh, briefings and and stuff like that, and then giving us generalities in in press conferences or televised addresses, uh, that's not really helping anything. 
So if you're out there and you're wondering just what the hell is going on, should I be stockpiling toilet paper? Uh, should I be, you know, uh, arming myself to the teeth and barricading my windows? We're not at the monsters are due on Maple Street level just as yet. When we have our kids in school and, and the schools have now, public schools have adopted an attitude of, of shielding everybody from everything. And, and whether that's, you know, for self-esteem or we don't want to scare. And, and that's the other thing too. Everything is inappropriate. Everything is awkward. We're all scared. There's something to be scared of for everything. We have created over the last 30, 40 years, a culture of fear. And this is what the media thrives on. This is what people thrive on. Look, I even had a grandmother that I made a movie about in the fields, Cloris Leachman played her, where I don't know how this woman knew it, but boy, she could cite every negative and horrible statistic and news article that was out there before there was an internet. I don't know how she did it, but it would always be, oh, Jesus Christ, did you see where this happened? Oh, my God, did you see that article where this happened? Did you see on the news where this? And that's what sells. That's what gets us going. Now, I know there are some of you going, yeah, but this is serious and we do need to hear it. I couldn't agree with you more. The problem is, what are we hearing? And I'm going to give you an example uh, as some of you know who follow me on Twitter, uh, usually in the mornings, I'll just post a very sarcastic look at the headlines. And most of them are jabs and snarky comments at, at just such stupid celebrity fluff that I, I just can't even believe that these are, are articles. In fact, I often use the hashtag not created by me. This is not journalism. What I did notice is as this Corona thing kept moving and moving and moving forward and gaining more traction on the front of Yahoo News is that some of the headlines are trying to make certain implications to scare the shit out of you to click. This is not about presenting real scientific fact. Instead, what it's doing is, is giving you some kind of horror movie implication that you'll click and then you find out as you read the article, oh, wait a minute. Also, I want you to keep in mind that there is a genuine percentage of the population that believes that Corona beer can spread coronavirus. What we really need to do is start listening to the real scientific community, not the conspiracy theory mongers and, and all the people out there that want to scream that the sky is falling. We need to listen and find our news on, on various websites and various sources, and that may include overseas. Also, looking on Twitter timelines and looking at the hashtags and seeing what people are posting from other countries. Now, that doesn't mean it's always accurate. I'm giving you an example. I just saw uh, the other day some, of course, she had to be beautiful, a very beautiful young lady, allegedly from Iran, uh, in a nurse's outfit with her mask pulled down, crying and saying that she just saw a hundred people die in the last how many hours. Now keep in mind while this was going on, this woman touched her face, touched her mouth, got her fingers up where they should not be. No trained nurse is going to do that. And no trained real good nurse is going to take to the Twitterverse like that or online and just seed unreasonable panic. That video was total bullshit. But there are people out there that are just doing this for the likes the circulation, and the attention. And, and it's malicious. I'll give you another example. Um, this was a great one too. I'm going to go back now about two, three weeks. Uh, might be a little less than three weeks. 
There was a very famous video that circulated around virally of a, a Chinese checkpoint where uh, a car was stopped and they made this guy get out and it ends with this guy getting, it looks like some kind of butterfly net over his head and being pulled into to custody by the uh, Chinese authorities. And I watched this and it circulated all over to the point, ladies and gentlemen, that it was on NBC News with Lester Holt and a lot of the NBC affiliates, especially down south. This was a real video. The problem is, is that the video was actually a staged event. It was a drill done by the Chinese government as an exercise and it was recorded. The video was released somehow and it circulated around the world to be like, look how horrible things are in China. It's come to this. And of course, then it invokes Stephen King's The Stand. It invokes Dawn of the Dead. We have a, a rapid zombie apocalypse on our hands. You know, it's it's Captain Trips and Randall Flagg is out there. No, that's not the case. And I'm going to tell you, over two, three weeks ago when I saw this video, and I saw it because someone online that I know who is a scientist and posted it and should have known better. What's really needed at this time is critical thinking. So I contacted him and I said, you really need to take that down. And he goes, why? I can post what I want. I said, yeah, but you're a scientist. Did you give any type of critical thinking or thought to this whatsoever? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, look, I'm a filmmaker and I'm gonna tell you right now, there are a number of things wrong with this video. And I started to list them. From watching it, Number one, China has clamped down so much on, on any type of what they construe to be whistleblower. And look what they did to the first, one, the first group of doctors and that one poor doctor that started talking about this, that it was a problem. They threw them in jail. They clamped down on the media. The media is always clamped down on. They, they have a censored internet. And so why would China allow this footage to escape. And you could say, well, somebody snuck it out. No, 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 no. This wasn't cell phone footage that someone shot from a distance, that grainy, shaky footage where someone is catching something. Whoever was recording this was right there with the SWAT teams. They were right there with the military. They were embedded. And I'm going to tell you, anybody that is leaving that area, if this were a real situation, they're not getting out even if they stuff a SIM card up their ass. They're going to be checked. They're going to be, it's going to be made sure that that footage does not get out. You're not just going to casually shoot this and go, well, guys, it's five o'clock. I'm going home. I'm going to take my camera with me. Uh-uh. That's not happening. That's one. Number two, everything seemed just a little too clean. It looked a little too staged. And the big thing was when the guy, the driver of the car, decides he's suddenly going to make a break for it. And he just casually kind of gets back in the car. Look, if that were my family and I know that I'm being stopped and I could be put away or something like that, taken into a Chinese prison, I'm not getting out of the car at all. I'm going to hit the gas and break that gauntlet and right through that blockade. But none of that happened. This person got out, they do the search, they start yelling, they do the zap with the thermometer, the laser thermometer, and then this person kind of casually gets back in the car and goes to drive away. The car actually just kind of, uh, it just kind of like cruises. It starts building up to breakaway speed, and you could tell as the camera moves that it looked like somebody was yelling, cue the truck, cue the vehicle. There's this big military vehicle that backs in to block the way. 
All of this looked extremely staged, extremely directed. And here it turns out I was 100% correct. I looked it up, found the footage, and most of all, found the, the data that showed this was truly a drill. Yes, it was an exercise, but this was not you are seeing it live happening footage. And that footage went on to scare a lot of people and fool a lot of people. Like I said, NBC had this broadcasting on its Southern affiliates and, and who knows how many people panicked when seeing that. Because again, it looks like something out of Stephen King's The Stand. Even Stephen King has taken to the airwaves here and, and to the Twitterverse and, and online to say that this coronavirus is nothing compared to the virus that he created in the stand under Project Blue or Captain Trips, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to be a voice of reason here. I am posting some articles in my show notes right after this that show what I feel are level takes on this viral infection and its global impact. So take a look at those notes. The point is, if you're scared, if you're unsure, you need to go to proper websites. Number one, I know a lot of people are like, oh, the government, the government lies and all that. But I'm telling you, at this point in time right now, the CDC is a far better bet on getting accurate information than the White House. I would go to the CDC first. Also check foreign news agencies, reputable ones like the BBC, and also look for your local government websites. What is being done in the way of school closings? What are your hospitals like? It doesn't hurt to check into all of these things. And one of the things you have to watch are headlines that try to imply that this virus is airborne. It is not airborne. And I'm bringing this up because an article headline just a couple days ago, I tweeted this to show, uh, they tried to imply that the infection can be caught in, in a room with people. The answer is yes, that can. However, it's not through just simple breathing. It is if droplets are discharged through a cough, through sneezing, something along that line. And then again, if you touch a surface, keep your hands away from your face, your eyes, your nose, any place like that. But the big thing is, is staying out of closed areas with large groups where people are carrying this thing and may not even realize they're carrying it because they aren't even showing symptoms as of yet. And now we also need to take into consideration someone who has been infected, has recovered, which they're not reporting the recoveries, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to go right now to the WHO's website, the World Health Organization, and I'm going to cite you where it stands at the time of this broadcast, where we are at right now globally. I'm going to give you those stats. And this is also backed up by Johns Hopkins University. I am also providing the link to this website in my show notes. At the moment, across the globe, at the time I am recording this, there are 4,718 deaths. However, what they don't like to report in the news is that there are, at this time, 68,310 recovered people. Yes, there are people out there more susceptible to this virus. And if you are in that demographic, or if you have loved ones that are in that demographic, it is extremely smart to be proactive and not reactive. And that is making sure that you have on hand proper medications uh, just to fight the flu symptoms and things like that that come along. In addition to that, should your loved one 
friend, family member, whatever, come under quarantine, then the smart thing to do is to make sure that they have all their regular prescription medications that they're on up to date and that they have a supply of at least two weeks. Also, hygiene. If you have loved ones in nursing homes or apartment buildings, senior care homes or things along that line, they should basically keep to themselves right now. In addition to that, staying out of community rooms, laundry rooms, anywhere where they can touch and inadvertently touch their face, or more importantly, catch the droplets that are in the air once expelled out of the body through the nose or mouth. So you, it's not scary to sit your loved ones down and talk about this. And look, go look at where they live. Talk to the nursing staff. And do whatever you need to do to be proactive and feel that basically, folks, you are in control of the situation. The situation is not controlling you. And I think that's the reason why I took to my podcast today to talk about that. You are in control of a number of things. Even if the government is not giving us the answers we need, there are many things in our realm, in our own personal circles, that we can do to help ease the panic. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to those around you. Look at your systems, your support systems around you. Check with your local municipalities. Check their websites. Give them a call. Make sure that you do have some food stocked up just in case. If you do come under some type of quarantine, that you have enough to eat for, I would say, at least two weeks. Look at the numbers online to see how much water you would need for your family. And as for going out and cleaning out Costco and stockpiling, at this point, none of that is warranted. Yes, this is serious. Yes, it is more virulent than the flu. But we need to keep things in perspective because, again, the threshold of discomfort, especially for Americans, in my opinion, is extremely low. So I still don't know what the definition of very bad means. And until we get something clarified and some real solid numbers and what to expect other than there could be millions infected, we need solid numbers and not live in fear of generalities. If your concern is for the stock market, look, we're in a bear market right now. Yeah, this has affected the entire global economy. It will come back. This is not World War II where governments have been destroyed that's about the time when you should be really panicking in a market drop is if the entire government is obliterated. I can't really say I'm thrilled with the way the United States government has been handling things at this point, but we are far from the point of where we should be stockpiling cigarettes and using them as trade in the wake of uh, World War II in Germany and Europe, uh, where we're not there yet and I don't believe we're going there. So we have to go back again to this definition of what's really bad. Some have said it can't get any worse now. They, they've canceled the NBA season. I don't know. Some tells me that that's not really bad. So we need that definition, but we don't need to sit around and wait for it to happen. You can go out now and buy proper foods. You can take an inventory of what you have in stock right now. Bottled water. If you have coolers downstairs that can hold water, look at the things that can hold water. Just do that. It, not all of it has to be you know, potable drinking water. It can just simply be standing water for whatever you need. The other thing is, is the media now has, of course, jumped on, and I've been waiting for this to happen being a movie guy, and that is, yes, Tom Hanks and his wife have apparently contracted the coronavirus. Yeah, 
Tom Hanks is human. And he was shooting in an area where it was on, on a very big set. Yeah, the chances are good. Somebody's going to get it. On the flip side, I hope the guy recovers. I've never met him. And he's considered an American national treasure just because he's he's really well known for just being a hell of a nice guy and a good guy. I've always called Tom Hanks the modern day Jimmy Stewart. Tom Hanks is also extremely wealthy and he's going to get the best health care that there is because money is not an object for him. Now, I'm not going to politicize it. I'm just pointing out that in the scheme of things, I have a pretty good feeling Tom and his wife are going to pull through. However, it scares people when they see that a celebrity is ill or even more when a celebrity dies. This is why when celebrities die, we have such uh, grieving in the United States. I don't know what it's like across the world. I, I know that every country is different, but we grieve heavily because we consider them almost indestructible or immortal because they're up on that screen and they never age and they last forever. And we know that in our hearts, that's really not true. And it's a reminder of our own mortality. So you have to put that into perspective. And look, just because you're 50 or 51 or 52 and you're over what they call that cutoff point, it's not a death sentence. Remember, you have to keep a lot of things in mind. There are a lot of factors. How is your health normally before any type of infection hits you, whether it's the flu or even a common cold? Now, there are two articles that were floating out there. One is in my show notes that shows a young lady who says, I got it, I've recovered from it, and you people need to calm down. And yet, only two articles below, there's another one of a guy who said, I got this thing, it's awful, it was horrible, I felt like I was suffocating. But you have to look at two different people. What kind of health were each of these individuals in? Apply critical thinking here. And the article of the guy who said that it was horrible, well, look, I think the flu would knock him on his ass too. The pictures of him, he didn't look all that great a shape. He was overweight. We don't know if he smokes. We don't know if he drinks. We don't know if his immune system is compromised. So it's not a one-size-fits-all diagnosis. There are a number of mitigating factors in all of this. So we need to calm down. If you do get it, where they said, like, for example, uh, Angela Merkel just said that she expects 70% of Germany to get it. That's not a 70% death rate. You could get it. Some people have nothing more than cold or flu symptoms. Others will get it worse. And then we jump on the, oh, you just want old people to die. If old people get it, it's okay. No one's saying that. So the, the look again toward Italy. Why is Italy having such a high mortality rate? They also have a high elderly rate. It's above average. So there are a number of things to take into consideration here. Why isn't it really targeting children or even women as much as it is men. Again, I'm not a scientist. I don't know. But instead of sitting there fretting underneath a bare light bulb in your basement polishing your shotgun, maybe it might help you to actually go out and do a little research. And that's where I'm going to start ending this. Because the real thing is, stop sitting in front of cable television and listening to whatever they're spouting, whatever narrative is coming across. Try to pick proper medical information. And now with the advent of the internet, actually use this as a tool and try to find accurate medical information that may actually calm and alleviate a lot of your fears. Knowledge is the best way to handle this. 
not panic, and not politicize broad spectrum bullshit. My opinion is this is going to be around for at least a couple months. It's going to drag on probably into the fall. And then, of course, we have to worry about if it'll resurge in the fall. A vaccine, ladies and gentlemen, by all proper, accurate accounts, is not going to be available for at least another year. So while you may be reading articles that clinical trials may be starting and things like that, that doesn't mean they're ready to go and replicate this vaccine for millions of people. The most important weapon that we have in our arsenal for whether it's a virus, a war, or any type of threat to us, our lives, or civilization is critical thinking and common sense. The internet is a fantastic tool. It can also be a huge detriment. Use the internet wisely. Use it as a proper tool. Get clear information and accurate information. Talk to your township leaders. Find out what's going on around you. You'll be amazed at how empowered you feel by taking certain things into your own hands. And by that, I mean finding out proper information to protect you and your family and use this as basically an axiom for all future events because more speed bumps are coming down the road. Once this coronavirus thing subsides, there'll be another threat. And are we going to panic? Are we going to finally stand up and shake off this attitude of I'm afraid of everything and protecting our kids from uncomfortable or inappropriate or awkward information? This is what happens if you become a nation of pussies. Stand up, embrace science, embrace critical thinking, shake off the conspiracies and take control of your own lives. This is Harrison Smith. I wish everybody listening well. Wherever you are in the world, I hope the quarantines lift soon. Your families are safe as we move forward and we will come out on the other side of this thing. Thank you.